Hey everybody, this is AJ, and it's the Unnecessary Podcast, and we got Lee. What's up, Lee? Hey, what's up? Nothing, man. You like the Fleetwood Mac? I like them. You gotta like the Fleetwood Mac. Everyone loves, everyone loves, right? Stevie Nicks. I like them. Covered them. I did a video of uh, of Dreams with uh, this uh, female singer that was a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds, wait, really? Of Dreams? Nice. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's still on YouTube or not. It wasn't. Let's take it. Let's take a gander. I don't know. Is it under time relapse? Um, type in uh, dreams, and the the girl's name was Angela Kinder, K I N D E R. So I think that was in the, her name was in the title. And was this live or was this a studio? How did you perform? It was recorded live and videoed live in uh, Anthony's basement. Oh, amazing! Time relapse featuring Angela Kinder, dreams. Fleetwood. That's on there. Nice. So I randomly wanted, I just felt like playing some Stevie. And um, here we are. That's, yeah, I picked that song randomly. And here you are playing with somebody who probably has some pretty good pipes to be. She does. Be doing that role. You're wearing your trademark, I don't give a fuck, uh, shorts. And <laughs> as always. Frat fraternity shirt. Here you go again. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool, sir. Very cool. So, kicking off the, the Unnecessary Podcast with a little uh, time relapse. We, we playing lives. That's very cool. Well, I love how this worked out, sir. Um, when, did you, when did you play this song? Okay, this says published four years ago. So everyone go on YouTube and listen to Lee play uh, this dope cover with Angela Kinder. She was actually... Um, uh, Elsa from Frozen impersonator. Like she would go to kids' parties and be the the queen Queen Elsa from the movie Frozen, sing all the songs. That's hilarious. Yeah, she does have a princess vibe for sure. Yep. Else. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Threestival, the music festival that you put on. It's coming up as we as we talk about. But for any new listeners, it's the the music festival in Pennsylvania. You put on three times a year. Is that correct? Yep. That's so Great. cool. And you started it in what year? Um, I want to say three years ago, something like that. We started very small, just a free little evening camp over kind of thing. And it gradually got bigger and bigger until we were like, hey, why don't we just do this three times a year? And now we have a new location. It's on a 65-acre farm. Um, Whoa. So, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more secluded. There isn't even a police station in like the pre in like the area. The nearest one's like half an hour away, <laughs> like that kind of place. Yeah, yeah. It's a hilarious. Like, put it on the advertisement. No police station within fifty yeah. miles. <laughs> yeah, fifty miles. Well, that was a big problem. Last location is the the neighbors uh, kept messing with us, uh, calling the cops and stuff, and it was just uh, not a fun thing to deal with because I'm the gate man, so I was the, I'm the first line of defense, and the cops come, I talk to them, and n- angry neighbors come, I talk to them, and yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. The gate, yeah. the gate crasher, the, gate. <laughs> uh, the the cops. That's that's a hilarious. That's an interesting wrinkle. So did you? So you didn't like come up with the idea like we let's do a music festival. It was a little more organic than that, or super organic. It started as just a birthday party for Anthony, and we, he was just like, "Hey, he came to me and he was like, hey, I got a great idea. Let's have like like five to ten bands just play. We'll rent out this campground." 
um, and we'll just run it on donations and then people can just give money and we'll pay for it all and we'll like get a bunch of food and stuff and it'll be awesome. And it, 150 people showed up uh, and then we wow. did it. Yeah, yeah. And then we did it. Um, I think it was later that year. Ah, my memory gets foggy. Uh, but we, we changed to a different place uh, called Mossy Point. Really cool, like secluded campground with all this uh, really cool moss, which is why it's called Mossy Point. Uh, like scenic overlooks and stuff like that, or looking over the mountains right by Knobles Amusement Park. Uh, if anybody knows where that is. But uh, yeah, that, that turned out to be an awesome thing. And there were no cops anywhere near there, coppers. Uh, but <laughs> but after the guy saw who owned it saw how successful we were with it, he asked for like four times the money for renting it out. So we oh couldn't God. do it there anymore. Yeah, and then he was asking for a huge amount of money. And then after 100 people, he was asking for like $20 a head. So it's just not worth it for us at that point. I'm not trying to lose money. So uh, then we went to another campground, Hookies Grove in Northumberland. Mm-hmm. And that place was great, except for the neighbors just didn't like having us there. Yeah. We were always, the, the cops were always the nicest people. Like they came, they would always come and just be like, hey, you know, you got like, they're just asking you to turn it down. Can you just turn it down? They were always very respectful. Right. Um, so that was, that was uh, a nice thing to see. Just nice cops in a small town. Just like, yeah, they don't want trouble. We don't want trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. But uh, we never, we never actually got shut down, so that was a good thing. But now we're at this private property, sixty-five acre farm, with like a little natural amphitheater uh, that we're gonna project the stage into. It's gonna be really nice. Is this your first year at this sixty-five acre joint? Yep, first time. No, and that's oh, in May. May 9th to twelfth, so it's cool. coming up real quick. Yeah. Is there? like a this is definitely the hardest part of running a festival thing or does it change every year or what's the deal with that Uh, i mean the hardest part is just knowing that it's it's just me and anthony so if we lose you know if we lose ten thousand dollars if there's like a hurricane and we lose ten thousand dollars we it's you know i'm paying five thousand he's paying five thousand you know what i mean like we got to come up with the money so we really have no uh we have no backup plans if, if things go bad but i mean in the three years we've been doing it we lost money a couple times, but it wasn't a crazy huge amount. Um, one time it was a little bit larger than we would have liked, but mm. you know, worked double time, worked extra shifts, make, made the money and we uh, got it done. So that was, that was unpleasant. But I mean, if unpleasant's the worst thing that happens, that's okay. Which one of you would you say is the jaw rule of the, the festival? <laughs> Um, I would say there's a little jaw in each of us. <laughs> there's a little jaw in all of us. There's a little jaw in all Murder. of us. Fine. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I, I would say that I would say that Anthony is more like the quarterback, and I play every other position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like the coach and the quarterback, and I'm all the players. So that's that's pretty much how it's how it's delegated. Um, <laughs> like. Uh, Day of show operations are pretty, are like, I would say 75% me because I'm at the gate. I have to, you know, deal with all the people coming in, all the tickets, all the problems and stuff like that. And then Anthony takes care of our security team. Um, and they just, you know, they're incognito. They're going through the crowd just to make sure nothing bad is going on. And we have kicked people out before for, you know, taking it too far with stuff. Well, how far is too far, sir? Uh, like selling meth. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's too far, sir. You, you like a nice good time. You can do meth every other weekend of the year, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like, well, there's families here. We got kids, you know, I do love the family friendly festival, uh, the Mm -hmm. triple F. 
Nice. We just want the least amount of problems. No problems, no troublemakers. When people come through the gate and I get a bad feeling, which is not very often at all, um, it usually turns out to be correct. Um, we had one guy at the last at uh, our fall three of the last year. Uh, he came in just driving up to the gate at about 40 miles an hour. Oh, no. Whips his SUV to the right, and it's kind of muddy because it was raining. So he whips his SUV to the right and, like, just parks without stopping by the gate. You know what I mean? You come in, you go to the gate, you get a ticket, you go in, not the other way around. You don't come in first. And so I had people, you know, go chase him down. And he goes to the gate, he's like, oh, sorry, man. It was like a bro dude. And then he sat at the – yeah, yeah. He just sat on his tailgate in like a real tight Abercrombie shirt and ripped jeans. Mm-hmm. He just sat on his tailgate, not talking to anybody, just drinking a beer. <laughs> and then when he went to leave like 45 minutes later, because it was wet and muddy, mm-hmm. he let his truck got stuck and he just ripped the ground up trying to get out. Uh, so he just, yeah, just tearing up the ground uh, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and he left. And uh, Anthony came up and saw what happened. And he said uh, to the security crew, yo, if you see that guy come back, tell him that he's not allowed to stay here unless he wants to like fix the, fix the ground that he just fucked up on this private property. Mm-hmm. So he actually came back while we were playing our set and the security team that was up there was like, yeah, dude, you got to leave. And he apparently had no problem leaving. So he's like, I've been kicked out of so many places. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's like, I'm surprised it lasted this long. It's been a pleasure <laughs> doing business with you, sir. Like, <laughs> yes. A personal <laughs> record. Thank you. Yeah. Like that is his MO. What'd you mm-hmm. do this weekend? Uh, I got kicked out of another festival. Yep. Jesus. There's people like that. Um, people that sucks, man. Yeah. That, that person was clearly not taken care of as a child in one way or another. True. Yeah. It all stems back to some kind of trauma early in life. Just as whore mother fucking gave him too much. <laughs> whore mother is a great band name. Ooh. Yeah. But does it, is it good for the me too movement? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Mm. Sex, sex worker, mother might be more appropriate. Yeah. I mean, whore is non-gendered. Male whore, female whore, dog whore. Oh, that's true. I mean, mother is... Mother. I don't know if, don't know if mother's gendered. Let's go to the gender-bred person. No. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, Bill. <laughs> well, yeah. It really is a diagram. Boom. Hey, you got up the middle. Going up the middle. Boom. You got your sex. Boom, you got a penis to the left. Have you seen the genderbred person? Have I talked about this with you or just every other person I, I know? Genderbred? Yeah, it's um, genderbred? A, a visual representation of, of a person uh, and all the, the different kinds of person you could be, whether your sexual orientation or your, your, uh, sexual, uh, your gender identity or your gender expression. These can all be different things. So I've talked about it probably on, on, on numerous pods with guests. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's the most woke, woke cookie ever. Woke cookie. Wondering. Speaking of woke cookies, another good name for a band. This is woke cookie or maybe okay. an album or, or, or a woke cookie. Title. <laughs> woke cookie. Well, what are you speaking of cookies? What do you guys, what's the food situation at the three stable? Um, I thought you were going to ask something else. I, I did just have some Thin Mints earlier. Oh. Um, yeah, out of the fridge. So, you know, Ooh. double good, cool. double good. Yeah, but uh, at the Three Stable, we have, uh, we have uh, part of our hospitality crew. They just, they go to, you know, Walmart or wherever's closest and just, oh, Pen Bros. And, uh, 
and uh, buy a bunch of like just home cooking stuff. You know what I mean? They make soup and stir fry, spaghetti, um, just that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Nothing too crazy. Cook up some grilled chicken with veggies. Um, and then that's for all the bands. And then for the attendees, we have food vendors. We got Caribbean barbecue. We got vegan stuff. Ooh. We got this place called the Groove Link Cafe that has like coffee and a whole bunch of breakfast food and stuff like that. So you get your, get your egg on. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, there's some, there's another barbecue place. There's a couple others too. I think we have like five or uh, we have a Valley wings, which is this giant bus that comes um, and the bus, uh, tows a trailer that is like their food truck. Um, oh, funny. and they put a generator out front and then just cook up the wings in the, in the little food truck part. Um, so that's pretty cool. They're all always very popular. So we got plenty of food options. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So let's say it's 3am and I'm rustling for some food. Is there mm-hmm. a late night food option or. Um, that's really up to the vendors, how late they want to stay up. If there's a lot of people you know, walking around, then it would be to their benefit because they pay us to vend there. So whenever you're not vending, you know, people ain't spending, you know. Oh shit. Did you just make that up or is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, (laughs) so, um, but we, we do always have stuff going on at the house. If somebody came to the the central house, um, where we're going to be, uh, our headquarters is and was like, dude, I'm like starving. Can I please have some food? (laughs) You know what I mean? Have some food. Um, that's funny. I got you. Well, that's, that's a good vibe. Yeah. I I don't even think like a lot of bigger festivals don't have food 24 seven. I don't think so. Anywho. Yeah. No, I'm sure charge a lot more. Uh, yeah. No kidding. What's your, what's your fee? What's your day? I don't care about your damn binders fee. What's your binders fee? Oh, I mean, we try to be the the cheapest festival in the region. Um, so at our presale at its cheapest ever, at our best deal, we had thirty five dollar tickets for the whole weekend. Damn, damn. Um, normally now when we do a sale, it's around forty two, um, and we're selling presale tickets for forty seven right now. But they started at forty. Um, so at the gate, we're charging sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had six months to buy pre-sale tickets. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, other comparable festivals for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday festival are charging a hundred bucks, hundred fifty. The big ones like you know Bonnaroo and Peach right. are in the multiple hundreds, and Burning Man's in like the thousands for some tickets. Right. Um. So, you know, forty bucks pre-sale. Uh, we just try to keep our costs as low as possible so that we can make enough money. For me, for Anthony and I, so that we have money to be able to plan the festival. You know what I mean. So we push pre-sale because the more money we have up front, the more we know that we can do. Um, so if we go in with you know ten grand in pre-sale, we know okay, we have plenty of wiggle room. We can you know get some cool games, invest in mm. some you know bigger bands, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I um, I went to this ridiculous. Um, outdoor festival in Colorado called the frozen dead guy days and they had some live <laughs> music, but it was a festival that was started um, in this tiny little mountain town. That's like not a cool mountain town. It's like a rundown shitty mountain town. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy died and wanted his, he, he wanted to be cryogenically frozen, but the family couldn't afford it because there were mountain rednecks. So they just like filled up this shed with water and froze it. 
and like threw his body in there. And then they tried to, they started raising money in the town to keep it like frozen in the summer. I think that's how the story goes. But it turned into this like big festival where we met, me and my friends went up there and we met people from like Wisconsin who were visiting on vacation. And it's like hillbilly cryogenics. Yes. That, and but it turns into this it's just a funny silly festival for for the sake of having one yeah and there's a parade where people people have coffins that they design and people have teams and they they carry you like pallbearers carrying you um up this parade street meanwhile it's 25 degrees out and 40 mile an hour winds yeah holy and shit. Team, team sweden is wearing fucking uh short shorts and and oh, um no shirt and they're like carrying this like person in Swedish garb. It was really bizarre. That's so. crazy. Yeah. So I, I, we, I, we went there cause it's something to do. I don't usually do boring, sh- boring shit like that. It was <laughs> because it was so cold. If it was nice out. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So how many people are you going to expect at the three this year? And are, is there a, a cap to the, what's the maximum at this place? What, what's your deal? Um, we don't expect to, to worry about a cap at this place. I mean, it's 65 acres, but a lot of it's taken up by trees. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I mean, you don't know what I mean, but a lot of it's taken <laughs> up. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, rough estimate, anywhere between four and 600. Um, nice. That's what I would say. If the weather is really nice, if it's like 75 and sunny, for the whole weekend, go with like a low of like 63, I would say we'd get up 600 and maybe above. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're always worried about the rain. You know what I mean? If yeah. it's pouring rain, the amount of people who are going to decide to come that day is probably going to be, you know, 25% of what it could be on a beautiful day. So that's something that always weighs heavily in our minds. And then like, like, Two weeks before, we just start manically looking at the weather every 15 minutes to, see, to watch it change, even though it's always wrong. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, weather woes. Yeah, it's um, not many people have to worry about that, like, depending on the weather is, is tons of money or not. I guess farmers. <laughs> yeah. It, one day, if we're, if we're big enough and make enough money, I'd like to tarp the entire land just have like a hundred foot pole in the middle and then have a giant like TP like tarp going out so that all rain can just cascade down the sides. Uh-huh. Just like a giant cone of tarp over the whole thing. And then like light the inside with, with little like Christmas lights up top. So it looks like stars and have people like go up and like paint the inside of it. Just a big top. You just want a yeah, big top. Just, a- I just want a big top. That's what I want. Just bit unregulated, just like a nice big lightning rod in the middle that everyone can hold on to. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll coat it in rubber, you know, something. Oh boy. Um tangent for a sec. Tangent coming. Uh we mentioned that the like a lot of money being on the line depending on the weather. Um unrelated, but tangent related. Can I, I borrow was... some money? <laughs> I was watching this TED Talks because you know you know me, um, and it was this guy was talking about this experiment that these sociologists did, um, uh, giving IQ tests to these mountain workers or these farm workers. Or, uh, I thought you were going to say mountain lions. Yes, these mountain lions. <laughs> um, these mountain workers got IQ tests, um, 
at two different times of the year because um, they're like heavily reliant upon the flooding season. And this large group of people um, in this one area of the world, like part of the year they're poor and part of the year they're rich. Mm -hmm. And so these sociologists decided to give them IQ tests at two times of the year when they're flush with cash and when they're not. And the same exact people got 15 points higher on their IQ when they had money. And it was like being, being, having money makes you smarter or being poor makes you dumber. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. That's more like it, but it was um, a really interesting experiment and it was so creative how they found this group of people that live two different lives. Um, It's rare that you get such a large sample size. It's the same sample that you can test two different times. So it was pretty interesting. Shows you how much stress can affect your brain and how much of how much uh, like mental energy it takes your brain to be stressed and just the cortisol and how it negatively negatively affects you. I think so, man. Yeah, I think that I think that the stress, the negative, the negative thoughts, the consuming thoughts, um, just occupying your time. You know, um, it's weird how like you don't think of if you're answering a, qu- a math question you don't think that like your bills have anything to fuck to do with you answering that math question, but it does like your brain. You're, we think we like to think that we're like a machine and things are cogs and gears and things are compartmentalized, but you're really like an integrated person. And if you, if you're not sleeping well, um, or if you're not eating well, or if you're stressed about not getting enough money or whatever, there's so many factors that could lead to that. Yeah. Your favorite guy, uh, Jordan Peterson, said that you're a, a loose collection of, of different selves, like ruled loosely by what you think you are. And like all these different identities like exist inside your own head. And when you're angry, it's like a, a different identity coming up and like trying to get control. And when you're really depressed, it's a, another identity like mm-hmm. reaching forward and trying to grab control. And then like mm-hmm. you feel yourself loosely you, your ego just like trying to contain all of this and trying to stay on top and trying to be in control. Mm-hmm. I do request that you use the Jordan Peterson voice. If you're, if you're referencing, I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a collection of all these conflicting parceled <laughs> out. It's the natural. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, that's a, that's a very good point. Sometimes I, you, you do feel like that. Um, but Yes. So, um, have you ever, are, are you going to do the three civil for the next like 20, 30 years? Or you just lot like, this is my life now. Have you ever thought about that where you'll be when you're 50 or 60? I mean, five years ago, I never could have predicted that I'd be running a festival three times a year. So it makes me realize how inaccurate my predictions of my own future mm. uh, are bound to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, we've just been steadily uh, becoming more successful. Uh, so I don't see a reason to stop unless there's a reason to stop. Um, yeah, I mean, even the, the year that we lost, we lost money, we probably lost close to four grand. Um, so that sucked and we worked all winter to make that up. But, uh, I mean, it, it could have been way worse. We could have lost, you know, 20 grand. So there's always mm-hmm. looking on the bright side like that. And I mean, it's just anytime you make a mistake, you got to learn from it. And there's no point in quitting. We've already put so much time and effort and, you know, acquired so many skill sets and made so many different contacts that I don't see why we would stop. It's just, I would say that our biggest issue is just the venue. 
because this is, you know, our fourth venue that we're on. Right. Um, and this is private property. So um, the, the couple that owns this property who does, who, you know, approached us and were like, Hey, we would love to, they approached us and said, we would love to have your festival on our ground. We came to your festival in the fall and we loved it. We love what you guys do, what you stand mm. for. So we want to be involved. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. So I'm, I'm a realist uh, in terms that I assume that this relationship is not going to last forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I would be surprised if in three years from now, we had done it at this location every single time for the entire three years. Um, because, you know, things change mm-hmm. constantly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't just, think they're like, we just signed up for 99 threestables. For yeah, the- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's a big undertaking. It's a lot of trust that they have to put in us because we're literally in their house on their property. You know what I mean? Taking liability for all this stuff. Right. Speaking of liability, is there like insurance or? Um, well, we have a, um, a waiver, a liability waiver that every single person that comes through the gate signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just basically says that they're liable for their own actions. Um, just a bunch of legal jargon that we have on there. Um, so they come in and they sign that. And uh, that's how you have that like super legal zip line 30 feet in the air. Yes, exactly. Going into a keg. Yeah, go at your own risk, basically. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and I mean, we've we've never really had a problem. Um, at one, I think the spring festival last year, um, I was at the gate, and it was like eight o'clock at night, so it was like getting kind of dark, um, and there were a lot of cars coming through, and it's getting dark, and it's hard to see. So I'm concentrating. We got people running to and from cars, getting people to sign the waiver, giving them wristbands, taking the money, making change, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And this kid just comes up very calmly. Um, and he's just like, Hey man, can I talk to you for a second? And I was just like, yeah, can you, can you wait a minute? I just got to take care of these cars coming in. You know what I mean? It's a line going to the street, can't block the street. He's like, yeah, no problem. So like 10 minutes go by, I'm still taking cars and I completely forgot he was there. And he came up to me again. He's like, Hey man, I just need to talk to you really fast. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I forgot you were there. What's going on? He's like, um, I kind of like cut my hand and he brings oh. his hand up and there's a fucking huge, I don't know, I was on the, I, I think it was on the back of his hand. I forget. Uh, just like a huge gash on his hand, blood running down his arm. It's all over his clothes. And he just doesn't know what to do. He was chopping wood on a ah, stump. Ah, whack! Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he, he had had a few beers, I think. So I don't think he really understood the weight of what was going on. Oh, so we were like, dude, we, we yeah. had our... Yeah. We had our registered nurse come up there. I, I ran up to the to where the stage was. That's where the nurse was. And I was like, hey, like, can you come here real fast? Like, we had somebody cut our hands. So we ran down. And she was like, you have to get stitches, like, right now. You've got to go to the hospital. So he called his mom. She picked him up, took him to the hospital. Like, two hours later, he comes back with his hand stitched up. He's like, yeah, the doctor said I was good. So am I cool to come back in? We were like, yep. Come on back, bro. Come on. We got more wood to chop. Come on. More wood, plenty more wood to chop. Just keep an eye on it. Really dark out. Yeah, yeah. So that was really that was the worst injury we've had. You guys should like have an on-call nurse that you just give her a free ticket or him and that's what we do. We have um we have three. Well, there you go. Yep, there we go. Registered nurse. Smart. Yep. Gotta do it. Plenty of like uh, first aid supplies. Yeah. Wowie zowie. Yeah, because especially out in the middle of nowhere, if you got to go to a hospital, like, it takes time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's bad news. When I go camping, that's like my greatest fear. 
to be honest. Like mauled by a bear? Um, it's not even – I have bear spray, and I had a bear come to my campsite last yeah, summer. I'm honestly much more worried about, like, a spider bite. Mm. Um, when I'm, like, 45 minutes on a dirt road from, like, the town of Vale or something – Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, and I have no service on my phone. I'm like I don't know where a hospital is, so I have to drive an hour. Should get one of those GPS. Service. Like I don't know when this shit kicks in. I don't know what bit me. Like not fucking cool, man. Yeah, um, just tripping. And then, well, I have been out there tripping, so there you go, <laughs> uh, like alone, which is amazing. Like it's the most cleansing thing ever. But yeah, I'm sure I can get fucking bit by a spot. Like I'm, I'm also bathing in the fucking river. Um, they have fucking brain eating amoebas and shit that live in really cold water. So great. Don't dip your head. Yeah. Don't fucking drink any. Great. Thanks. I thought I'd get diarrhea for a little bit. Not a a brain eating amoeba. Watch your your pee hole. Dude, they can go in your pee pee hole. Not chill, bro. Yeah. Not fucking cool. Not chill, bro. Not, not cool. I'm not (laughs) cool with that. I love bathing in the river. It's fucked up. Anyway, the other thing is the fire. Um, I'm worried about being far away from, from like a hospital or. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking about investing in a sat phone, a satellite phone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're, they're expensive. Like at least 150 bucks. I think you can get one that cranks up for not too expensive. Um, are you reading me? Yeah. But you get like an on demand service where it's like 10 bucks a call or whatever. Yeah. Worth Um, it. Yeah. It's easily the most dangerous part of my camping because I have the bear spray. So It's this like an EpiPen fun. for your life. Yeah, man. I'm thinking about that might be the next move. It's expensive, yeah. but Just when, I t- when I brought it up in casual conversation when Eva was around, she didn't like bat an eye or say that sounds crazy. Like, and she's really, re- she's the most reasonable person I know. And she was like, oh yeah, makes sense. I'm like, oh, that's bad news. <laughs> yep. She's like, yeah, I assume you would uh, just get eaten by a bear at this point, but, you know, keep coming back. So Yeah, she was like, I thought we were just risking it and going to die. I'm like, what? Why didn't you? <laughs> Why didn't you say anything? Yes, but I'm so fucking excited for some, some Colorado camp, and I got all my spots maniacally thought out because I've nice. been there before. Are you going to come out? When are you coming out? Come on, come <laughs> out. Come on. Well, we'll see how uh, Threesome is going if I get some extra money here or there, you know? Oh, bonus, baby. Bonus. The bonus biddy. I'm guessing you'd yeah. rather come to Colorado than come with Eva and I to like Europe, right? I'll come anywhere you want. Oh, um, you, and Angel, <laughs> you and Angel would come together. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a financial thing. We're always we're always on the you know what I mean by the budget line. Oh yeah, oh yeah, just the financial thing. Yeah, we live just over the budget line, just clawing our way back to the budget line at all times. Like, Dude, nope. my, oh, every month I'm like, look at all this money I could save at the end of this month. Here we go. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, go, go about that yeah. money I was going to save this month. Yep. Next month. I guess I'll save it all next month. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll AJ every month. <laughs> something always comes up. I'm just always kicking it down the road one. I'm like next, but next month is the month where we're all save that much. Yeah, and we just spent like seven hundred bucks at the vet. Every month, it's a one-off. It's just, but this month I just had to do this, this, these two things that I never have to do. So next month, Groundhog's Day for my bank account and zero and zero. Dude, I gotta, I gotta cancel my mint 
uh, the budget thing because every week I get an email where they're like, here's how you spent this week. I'm like, I know how I spent this week. It was awful. I know. It's just like a lady screaming. <laughs> they're like, you're really, you're really bad at this. Some, some fucking uh, emoji crossing its arms. Yeah. $16 on butter? <laughs> oh, clap. I have a, a, a great random Spain story. Um, I know you said you don't love travel, but Eva's friend Veronica retired at 55, uh, bought, moved to Spain. And so we went to visit her and um, we get to their place and she's like, I bought these two kinds of butter because it's like really, really good butter, like amazing butter. It came in a can, like caviar. And um, it's both friend, some two Spanish things. It's Spanish writing. And they were fucking amazing. And she was like, we're just going to have a butter, uh, like, sampling. We had, like, a butter flight where we kept, we were, you know, we had bread. And it was just so much fun. Great. Yeah. Weekend. We oh, kept going to it all weekend. Some good bread. Oh, my God. Just getting yeah, bread. Bread's different over there, right? Like, it doesn't mess up your GI tract so bad. It does not. It's weird. Yeah. I, it's different wheat. It's different yeah. wheat. We got yeah, that so, World War II wheat over here. Yeah, we got that Monsanto wheat. They did something to it. So the enzymes, some with the enzymes, they keep telling me about the enzymes. I don't know. Just increases the yield so that you can yield a whole lot more wheat from single plants. The fucking yield, you the motherfucker. Yield. You know about the fucking yield. That's a yeah. good point. Well, that was all, they, all, they did that because of, they thought we were going to have a food shortage during World War II. So they made all these fucking huge wheat and rice. I see. And like, all that shit. And they were like, well, how can we grow more? So they genetically modified it to produce like 10 times the amount of wheat from a single plant. Holy shit. Yeah, oh, that's fucking not with cool with that, man. That the population up, obese. It fucked up my GI tract. It's the same thing with the lactose intolerance. Maybe the cows from Italy are better. I don't yep. know. Maybe we fucked up them cows, you know? Yep. Hey, I'm milking over here. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Tony, relax, Tony. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, speaking of Tony, my dad is an old man. My dad, Tony, lives in Florida. And he, um, he has Alexa now. And he's like, this thing is fucking, it's fucking great. It's fucking Alexa. Have you heard of this? I don't know if you heard of this, but it's like you can do fucking anything. And he's like, watch this, watch this. So he's like, give me a song. Give me the name of the song. Any song. <laughs> they always like, go for the song, older guy. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, Rich Girl by Hollow Notes. And he's like, Alexa, play Rich Girl. And he's like, you see that? It fucking sounds great. And yes, it sounds like fucking Pacino. But, um, I'm like, Dad, yes, it's great. And he's like, it, I can't believe it. You say Alexa, and it and it's like, what, what? I didn't hear you. And he's like, see, it's really good. It <laughs> again. And then he starts going, and then he goes, I tell you, this thing's really great. And we're talking about something else, the gym or some bullshit with his medication. He's so old. It's always something stupid. But then he's like, man, I, but I can't get over this Alexis. What do you call Alexis? <laughs> and he goes, Alexis, play rich girl. And, he, and then he goes, I think it's broken. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm trying to say, Dad, no, it's not broken. It's Alexa. But every time I talk, he keeps screaming, Alexis, <laughs> play rich girl. And I'm like, Dad, it's Alexa. He's such a fucking, he was saying it fine two minutes ago. <laughs> it was the best old man thing. And then he gets okay. up real close, Alexis. And he goes, I think it's fucking broken. I'm like, Alexa, dad, you have to say Alexa. And he's like, what, what? 
<laughs> it was really a, a who's on first. Let me ask you something. How long is it supposed to take me to pee, Alexa? Oh, no, you have no idea. It's like a weekly thing about about his, his fucking problems with the peeing. You know, when you're an old man, like 90% of your life is bowel movements. And like <laughs> the other 10% is like doctor's appointments. <laughs> about your bowel movements? Actually, yes. It's yeah, like, pretty much. And when you're an old man, you have like a personal relationship with your pharmacist all of a sudden. <laughs> like they know. Hey, Dolly, how you doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They know more intimate details about your life than anybody else. Like she, they, like his pharmacist know what aisle he wants to, he needs to shop in like for non-pharmacy items, like toilet, like cereal. Because he asked them because he's an old man. Yeah. And then also they know his birthday. Like they really know everything. Yeah. And she's like, how are the hemorrhoids, Frank? And he's like, oh, we're getting the medicines are clearly not good. You know, maybe don't ask so much. And then here, he's such an old man. Um, here's his old, his old racism coming out. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, so I'm at the pharmacist and he's like, I got, there's two pharmacists. One's named like Kojo and one's named uh, like uh, uh Boyo, <laughs> it was like two like two like interesting like unique and these two two chicks from africa and he was like and i'm talking to them and i say you gotta get you gotta get normal names and i'm like oh dad and i'm like but just because they're no he was like you know a name like jennifer or kim and i'm like but dad just because they're normal to you doesn't mean they're normal to everybody like where they're from Kim and Jennifer might not be normal names. And by the way, this is what I love about America, how I can learn about like other people's where they came from and why they wanted to come to our country and how we have everybody here. Mm -hmm. like, that's what makes us great. And, and he was like, I know, I know. He was like, I'm not, he was like, I don't care. He was like, I just don't, I just fucking mix them up all the time. And I'm like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> but then I learned he was saying on the phone, he mixes them up because he talks to them on the phone sometimes. Oh, okay. And one will put him on hold and the other will get on and he gets confused because he's deaf. Mm -hmm. So it's like just as much that he's deaf and old that he, than he is xenophobic. But, um, but it was still, and, and I'm like that. And he was like, no, I told him. Uh, my name's Anthony. I go by Tony. Because your name's Anthony. You go by AJ. I'm like, all right, all right. Anyway, my dad's hilarious. <laughs> that older generation. That'll be us in 50 years. The yeah. world will be a much different place. Well, that's... Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's hard for me to think about the, w the future and where we'll be in the future, where I'll be, because I feel like a lot of that's intertwined with where our society and our country and our world will be. And and I try not to think about that so much these days because it's like, yeah. Are we just going to keep accelerating forward with technological advancement or are we going to fucking destroy ourselves or is something else going to destroy our society or is America going to get fucking taken down or is the whole structure of the current country system going to collapse? Oh my God. Our resources going to run out for, I don't know. Well, my dad. My Stay tuned for Earth. My dad's a neoconservative. He's a he was a Wall Street guy, but he's so funny. He's like, "Nah, this is the end. This is Pax Romana." He was like, "All empires end. It's not a big deal, you know. It happens. They end. 
no empire lasts forever. And he's like, I'm just glad I'm going to be dead in 10 years. Like, oh my God, dad. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of people from his generation feel. Dude, I've heard that a lot. My uncle said the same thing. He goes, my uncle said in a lot of ways, I'm happy. I'm not going to see, cause he's a dumb racist homophobe Christian. Um, like a lot of my conservative older generation of my family. Yeah. So he's like, um, I'm afraid of where this country might go. Dude, my family was having a political conversation and my uncle out of nowhere chimes in. He goes, well, let me, t let me tell you, let me ask you one thing. If I right now showed you a video of two men doing disgusting things to each other on film, you would think that's disgusting, right? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's not natural. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and then he... <laughs> And then he was like, and, but if it was two women, it might be a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> and he was like, and then you were like, uh, we were talking about the show family matters. You know, we were talking about Brett Kavanaugh's fucking uh, Supreme court nomination. This <laughs> maniac is coming at me with gay porn. Yeah. Like, and I told Eva this later. She was like, first of all, um, if he, if, anybody showed me any video of two people doing anything sexual, I would think it's disgusting. So like, especially my uncle, like <laughs> that's why are you showing me gay porn? Uncle Tommy? Like what? And um, like, and he was like, because that's disgusting. I know it's disgusting in my, in my, it feels gross to me. Therefore I know it's not right. And I'm like, Oh my, what is going on? Yeah. We were talking about family guy. It was really weird. <laughs> um, but I'm like, ah, eh, you'll be dead in 20 years. Hopefully 30. I love you. Hopefully you'll be around. But the younger generation of my family is like much more not like that. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, some, some people are saying that the people t who are alive today who are going to live into like their 80s are going to live forever. Like us and our generation and younger uh, because of technological advancement. Um, will like upload our consciousness and just be able to live forever. Um, but then right. I think we'll miss out on the fucking, the fucking other dimension that we go to when we, when we die, maybe. I'm so down to, up. I'm, I'm going to be, I told Eva, I'm going to live to a hundred and I'm going to die um, being the first test patient for a, a, a neural upload to, uh, you know, the internet or whatever i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna try and be the Let first transhuman and i'll be die in the experiment and i'll be okay with that yeah might be sooner than that i mean that that would be like 70 years from now you know what i mean yeah so it could be sooner think about 70 years ago all right just think about it <laughs> think <laughs> thinking 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 <laughs> yeah pretty different different world it's a different world um yeah i i uh it's a it's a, a weird thing uh thinking about the future but the future. uh what what about this 2020 presidential election hopefully we'll live long enough for that do you like paul are you are you thinking about the dumb just, candidates. There's like 40 candidates right now. I know it's like, it's like too much for me. My brain just can't handle it. It's like our system is so convoluted mm -hmm. that my brain just like shuts down at this point. I hear you, man. We are 
a year and when a they, half away from casting ballots. Like, why do when I they fucked over Bernie when it came out that they truly conspired against Bernie and gave Hillary the nomination and everything that happened? That was like that was when I knew it was over. That was when like the corruption was actually out in public. So just think about what didn't come out. Think about what's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Like it's over. Like this is this is the end of the empire. I think. So you don't you don't think they were just trying to pick the most electable person? I feel like that was what they were doing. Um, I think that they're not supposed to pick anyone that's not. I just think they're not supposed to pick anyone. They're just supposed to support, Mm. be you know, be nonpartisan to any candidate. You know, yeah. And Hillary Clinton was was doing it with them, so they were just working together against Bernie. So. That was that was when I knew that was when I knew it was over. Well, you gotta still fight, right? You can't give up the fight. Tell everyone to vote when you're at the three yep. goal. Yeah, I voted. Gotta gotta keep fighting, right? I always vote and people say voting doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, is it really inconvenient for me to vote just in case it does matter? But like you're in one of the very few states where voting does matter. Like yeah. I mean, in terms yeah, of the presidential. Yeah. But even local elections, it all matters. Like judges people don't realize how much like prosecutors and how much like a prosecutor's decision to put more people in jail will affect the economy yeah Um, well i have a story for you have you heard of this lieutenant governor john fetterman in pennsylvania because if not you should look him up right now while i'm telling you about him john fetterman in pa he's going on a marijuana listening tour he's the um he, uh, what's his official title? Uh, it's the fucking, I forget. I mean, he's Lieutenant it. Governor. Lieutenant Governor. He's going on a marijuana listening tour to every single county in PA and holding town, town hall meetings um, on the subject of marijuana legalization. And every, he's going, that's like his whole platform and he got elected and he's doing that right now. So he hasn't come to my county yet, but when he does, you bet your ass I'm going out there for that, brother. Um, oh, and, he said, <laughs> and he said that in pretty much every he's like a he's like six eight giant fucking dude yeah um, and uh he said that in in every county he's gone to every, the majority of favored recreational legalization good so, yeah i mean that's a clear example of how things have, can change over 20 years yep he's got like tattoos he's got like sleeve tattoos he's a fucking crazy guy but he's getting it done good Yep. Good. It's an easy, it's an easy one. I mean, that's, there's some bipartisan things. Like I was telling, I went to a city council event. Um, we're, we're voting for city council and mayor in May. And um, I was meeting with the guy who's running up, up against the incumbent in our district. And I really want this guy to win because I'm, I'm the incumbent's fine, but he's like an establishment Democrat. Yeah. It's a rich area. So it's, he's like the Hillary Clinton of, of our district. Um, but I, t- I was telling him like, I want a candidate. I need a candidate that's going to fight on day one for plastic bag bans because it's like a bipartisan issue. You should easily be able to pass that. Who the fuck is for plastic bans? I mean, plastic bags. Um, the, the, the hipster retailers in Denver already do it. So you just need to make Safeway do it. And it's not going to affect my life, but like it'll affect the world, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's, and I, I, cause I work, in politics a little bit or all the time with my job um, selling technology to lobbyists. Like I know what city council people can do. So anyway, got to keep fighting. 
Yeah, well, industrial hemp was just legalized in PA, so they're giving cool. out licenses right now to grow that. So, I mean, when you have industrial hemp, you don't need plastic. Make everything out of hemp. You know what I mean? It takes fucking three months to mature hemp, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, from planting it to harvesting it is three months for an entire crop. So, I mean, you do that four times a year, giant swaths of Pennsylvania instead of fucking all this stupid-ass corn. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we should be doing the hemp instead of paper. Like, Everything. Yeah. Have you, have you watched one of those like YouTube conspiracy whatevers where like William Randolph Hearst killed the hemp because. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's documented. It sure is, sir. And like, it's, it's crazy how it sucks, man. And then it's, and then it causes people to not trust um, scientists or, or like quote unquote conventional wisdom. And it's just makes it harder and harder to know what's, what's real and what's the truth out there. And we're living in a strange time for the truth. You know what I mean? Apparently there's too many PhDs per capita, like too many PhDs per people applying for PhDs. So like the, the value of a PhD is going down just like what happened to college degrees in general. Right. Um, so that's a big problem. There's so many experts that it's like, who's really the expert, you know? Um, yeah. 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 When I was applying for jobs, there's always, not that I'm a PhD, but there's always somebody who has tons more experience and looks crazy better than you. And it's like, there's always tons of those people. And it's like, the economy is in a, the economy is doing better because big business is doing better. And, and like giant billionaires are getting richer and CEOs are, but like, regular jobs with good benefits that like you want to stay at are not there really anymore. And so you have this glut people like I, I have a bachelor's degree. Every job I apply for, um, cause I can see it on LinkedIn has like five to 10 people who have master's degrees, MBAs, PhDs. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. It's too much. It's the world we're living in, sir. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, in addition to the festivals, I'm a, I'm a server, you know what I mean? So I'm making 30 grand a year as a server and I have no other obligations outside of work. I go to work, I make the money and I leave mm -hmm. and I can work whenever I want. And that's pretty much it. Work my schedule around how I want to make it. And I mean, I'm never, unless I fucking work my ass off, I'm never going to make more than 35 or even maybe 40 grand a year there. Um, if I'm working myself to death. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That That's a job that's not going to be automated for at least seven to eight more years. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. That could be automated. Yeah. yeah the automation's coming big time. Mm -hmm. That's a, people think immigrants are taking jobs. Like, nah, the automation is coming to take the jobs. Like there's mm -hmm. not going to be workers in 10 years. There's not going to be truck drivers. There's not going to be low level workers. It's just all mm -hmm. going to be, it's all going to be automated. Yeah. Another reason for the green new deal. Cause it like has that, it's like this giant infrastructure works program, like the, like the new deal, like the WPA. Um, mm -hmm. But, and also I think uh, I love employee ownership. I think it's a perfect thing for if you're a worker, um, if, you, if you get a slice of ownership of, of, you know, financially of how you're, of what you're making, um, the value you're producing, you get to own like the value of the company. And then also not just financially getting to share that with employee ownership, but also like decision-making, like whether to sell to the company, 
Um, so new Belgian brewery runs like that and a few others uh, with employee ownership. Is there a size cap to that though? Like no. for, for a company like as big as say red lobster who has over 700 locations and you know, each location has a hundred employees. Probably. No dude. Publix Publix is, is employee owned 190,000 yeah. employees. Yeah. The supermarket. So, so what do you get as an employee? Um, you would, so it's, it's essentially like you would get shares in a, in a stock, um, that they, that they own. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not publicly traded stock. It's like a privately owned, um, set of stock. So and it's, it's like fun money. It's like fun money. Here's some public's fun money. Um, well it's real money. So I'm probably explaining it wrong because it, it, essentially you're, you're like paying for your own, um, equipment, um, improvements by doing this. Um, but everybody gets a, a slice of money. So if you work at Publix for like six years or however long it is, then you start making, you start, you start owning a little bit of those stocks. And so if you leave the company after six years, you might get $10,000 worth of stocks or a hundred thousand dollars after 10 years or. Oh, really? It's that much. Yeah. It's like a lot. It's like significant. Um, Interesting. And, and it's also a good buffer against automation because if a machine takes your job, you're still like an owner in that company. And so then you still own that machine. And that's like the person who, who thought of this thought of it because of a, as a replacement for, um, for automation, but it's like essentially a way for it's a capitalism. It's a way for, it's a way, well, it's, it's a way for collectivism to exist within the free market, to exist within the free market and to exist within like a capitalist system. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dope. Yeah. It's called an ESOP an employee stock ownership program. Hmm. So, so if the company goes under though, those stocks are worthless, right? Um, correct. So you're, you're, you're literally putting your own, your, you own the company. I mean, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't, you don't have to put, put any money in though. No, you just put in your work. That's a, the yeah. idea is like your labor is your worth more than your salary. And it's, so it's based on like socialist ideals. Like your labor is worth more than the value you create is more than the salary you make. Yeah. So it's um, really interesting. In, the, in this country, in the 70s, um, in one of the tax laws, it got snuck. It, they, the senator put in this little provision that employee stock ownership programs are tax free. So unfortunately in this country, if you're part, if you're like making money, um, it doesn't get taxed, which is nice for Mm -hmm. you, the individual. Um, It's not great for the country because I like taxes. So, um, but, but it's better than fucking billionaires owning all of it. You know, it lets regular people own it. You know those people who say that taxation is theft and we shouldn't be taxed at all for anything? Like, that's a little much. Like, look around you. Look at our society. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. How about roads, motherfucker? And, like, how businesses say they get taxed too much. Like, um, I think Elizabeth Warren, some, somebody talks about this a lot, how we don't talk about how businesses benefit from the roads that we build. Like, yeah. so. Yeah, and everything. The police department. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. All that shit. And like but, having, having a public education system um, so you don't have like murderous, like crazy idiots on the street. Like having, yeah, 
having an infrastructure for the poor helps out everybody because it creates like a stable society that we want to live in. Mm-hmm. I think that's overlooked a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at what's happening in France. Oh, yeah, it's those crazy. yellow jackets, right? Yeah, they're fucking rioting. Um, what is it? The, the wrong debate. What is it called? I'm not sure. Yes, the Grand Debate National. I think that's what they're calling it. My God. Yep. France, that's for Grand Debate on Twitch. <laughs> we must squash the revolution. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going crazy, man. The world's, world's in a weird place. This is why people go to fucking astrology and why it makes sense in many ways. People are like, there's got to be something in the fucking stars. There's a pattern. That's yeah, going on. The, I think the real question is, are, is, is making fun of accents considered bigotry? Um, no, but there's also context is everything, you know? Yes. I was explaining this to somebody on Facebook, our favorite polite conversation platform. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was my, my brother-in-law's dad. I was explaining how, like, he was talking about the wall. We need to build the wall to get the crazy, the scary immigrants. And I was like, we need to find out why these immigrants are coming here. Why they're, why their country is so shitty in the first place. Like Honduras is shitty because of our drug policy. Uh, That's how we started MS 13. It's this really complicated thing. Yeah. But our, our American drug policy led to Honduras being a shithole. Um, and our general foreign policy. And, um, he, uh, I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And he was, he was saying like, how come you think you're allowed to say it's a shithole? He was like, ah, oh, you just said it was a shithole. But um, I was telling him like, well, context is everything. If I say that the country is shitty, people understand like the context. I'm cause I'm, it's what I say before and after it. And I'm very sympathetic and compassionate and I want, um, kind of a, a humanitarian caring sort of resolution. So everything else I kind of stand for informs the fact that I'm not, um, I guess, a bigot or a racist. Like if somebody like Trump says shithole, there's a lot of other stuff around that. So we, uh, we, we dropped Lee for a minute. Lee's going to be calling back up in just a second. I want to uh, talk to Lee about my travels to Brussels and Amsterdam but I could just talk to you folks about that. I honestly haven't found a travel podcast that I've really liked a ton. I used to listen to one that was okay, but I, I love listening and, and learning and watching things about the countries I'm going to go visit. Um, so if anybody has any suggestions for me, I will, I will certainly take them at growyourpurpose at gmail.com. And I've been to Amsterdam before four years ago. Uh, as well as Brussels, and it's literally my favorite place to go to in the world. Um, I mean, I love Italy, other than the U.S. It's my favorite place to to go to because I love the U.S. for many reasons. I'll get into that if you want. But Amsterdam and Brussels are my favorite place to visit, specifically because I love the Dutch people. Um, Eva mentioned that she, she noticed the Dutch travelers in Morocco were super chatty, super curious, interested in us, and really friendly and nice. And that's really what they're like in, in Amsterdam and around the Netherlands and Dutch people extend into, into Belgium in the Flanders region. It's kind of Dutch people with an accent. Those are Flemish people and Netherlands means lowlands. And historically way back when it used to include that area of Flanders 
as well as part, a little smidgen of Germany. Anyway, they're so inquisitive and interested and, and they're very frank, the Dutch people. In Europe, they call it giving it to them Dutch or giving it to you Dutch if you're being very frank and honest with somebody. At first, you can, you can think that they might be rude, um, but once you get to know them, they're, uh, they're quite friendly. And uh, I have Lee coming back on the line as I talk about Europe. Lee, are you there, friend? I'm talking about Europe. Can you hear me? Oh, hi, Lee. Oh. <laughs> we lost you there for a second. I started talking about Europe and traveling. <laughs> I'm here. Hello, sir. That was weird. My phone fell out of the thing and the battery came out and then I put the battery back in and it was that low battery for some reason. So I had to run and grab my charger, but here I am. Well, it didn't take, it just took like 30 seconds of me rambling about bullshit. So it was fine. I was saying, I was saying how one of the things I was saying is I don't like most travel podcasts I've listened to. Um, Most of them just talk about the food uh, how much they liked or didn't like the food or how much they liked or didn't like walking around talking to the people or the architecture. Um, the ones I've heard, they don't do a ton of museums or live theaters. I'm like, come on. Stuff I like to do. Anyhow. Sure. You know. Yeah, I went to uh, Salem for uh, during my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And we did like the witch museum. And all oh, like yeah. Stuff like that. Haunted tarot shops and all that kind of stuff um, and it was in october so they do like the the week Halloween. yeah exactly um people were like dressed up and there was a carnival so that was pretty cool which nice yeah um earlier we were talking about how it's hard to know what facts are these days hard to suss out what the truth is i was telling you i texted you when i was watching the flat earth documentary on netflix beyond the curve yeah Yes. You should watch it, man. It's pretty sweet. I just can't bring myself to to watch it. I just can't do it. It's um it's really playful. Like I think it's it's an expertly made documentary. So it's like mm-hmm. so much fun. Um like I, I so it's really, much fun we're having. It's really I think it's fun. Um it's yeah. kind of weird and um it 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 I think it's to me it's an objective fair view of who these people are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people have some stream of consciousness stuff or some really candid moments that are great. Um, but it, I think it shows them for who they are, which is like potential scientists, as one physicist said, like they're inquisitive and they're, they're, they're um, non-conventional, but they've been like led down this like crazy wrong path. I think they're, they're kind of crazy, but um, I mean, not crazy in a dangerous or, or like clinical way, just, you know, a little nutty. Yeah. A little, a little, that's eccentric. It's a little bit of... But no, I, why don't you want to see it? Do you think it's depressing? or? Uh, I've just heard so much about Flat Earth, and it's just so ridiculous. And I'm just like, I get it. Like, oh, my God. Just please just stop. Like, I just <laughs> want to talk about something else. Um, oh, man. I think it's fun, man. To see yeah, no, I know. I get it. It's like I like the conspiracy theory stuff. It's one of my least favorite conspiracy theories. Well, that's why I think you should watch it. Like, cause it's about these people. It's about, mm-hmm. right. Right. It's about like, it's a, it's showing 
what these people's personalities are like and what they talk about. And it doesn't matter whether it's not like, that's the thing. Flat earth is like really, I think ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be about any conspiracy theory, but it's just a great portrait of what some of these people are like, not all of them, but what some of them are like. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun, but uh, no, I totally understand if you don't want to see it. I don't want to, see, I'm not going to see the R Kelly documentary for the same. Yeah, reason. exactly. It's just like, ah, I'm sure it's interesting. I just, you know, yeah. Well, on other, other things. They do an experiment, like the second half of the movie, they sprinkle in, there's, they show like, they, they travel with like four or five people, but this one dude, he's like obsessed with these experiments or a couple like of them. On one leg and he's like, if the earth was round, I'd be falling over. Dude, one of them spent $20,000 to get this laser, um, like geo thing this little triangular shaped thing that they put in airplanes that cost $20,000. One dude bought it. This will tell us if we travel one mile or if we travel 10 miles, um, if the earth is round, this thing will turn by 15 degrees, the little crystal in here. If it's not round, it'll stay flat. And they do it and they're like, eh, it, can't, it, it turned 15 degrees. What <laughs> um, and so what happened was they, you know, they, we, we think that it's just tracking the dome. It's just tracking the 15 degree angle of the dome above oh us. Oh my God. The fake Truman okay. Show dome. And one guy was like, nah, it could be like they intercepted this and the CIA fucking is one step ahead of us. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. But they finally did an experiment, dude. Um, they got a, a light. Um, they, they just flashed a flashlight across this dam. They got like a, t- a 10 mile dam in California yeah. that's perfectly flat because water is flat in the dam. Mm-hmm. So you just walk down to the water, you both put your ankles in the water and you flash a flashlight and the other person has a camera on the other end of this dam. So 10 miles apart, you have a light source and you have a capturing monitoring source. Okay. And if the earth is curved, um, this light source will be beaming and it won't line up perfectly with the capturing source. Um, if they're both four feet off the ground and the earth is flat, then the light would be exactly four feet forever. Right. But if right. the earth is curved, this light beam will not line up with four feet, 10 miles down the road. It's, I'm not explaining it well, but it, I, 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 I think I'm getting the gist of it here. Yeah. It's a physics, physics experiment. Very, and the science writer was like, actually, this is pretty creative. I, I'd be interested to see how this goes. Yeah. And um, it's the it, throughout the last hour of the movie, they're teasing this big experiment. They get it wrong one time with lasers, and they ended up on this one. And the the movie's about ten. There's a minute left in the movie, and I'm like, are they going to reveal whether this experiment goes down? And in the last second, the guy's like, oh, I don't, I don't see the light. Can you move up? And and he's moving around. He's like, oh, huh. Well, that's interesting. I, huh? <laughs> And like it, it was a perfect. They experimented and they proved that the Earth was round with yeah. their experiment. What a great! That so was the whole culmination of this two-hour movie was these dudes proving to all of us that the Earth is round. It was amazing. It was because the whole okay. movie, they they interviewed um, um, Scott, whatever his name is, the astronaut whose wife is Gabby Giffords, the the congresswoman who got shot. Um, he's yes. like a famous astronaut. They interviewed yeah. him. And he's like, I can't believe I'm being interviewed for this at the beginning. 
and they interview astrophysicists, but not, they never they 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 never give them the lack of dignity. They never force the astrophysicist to to tell you, yes, the Earth is round, stupid. They never like bother proving it to you. So yeah. they let it just build throughout the movie. These <laughs> and they're evidence that it's flat, and then it culminates in that. It's really nice. That's so funny. That's actually genius. Genius, dude. Yeah. So yeah, that's really amazing. There you go, dude. Yeah. Steven, I'm glad that I heard it from you because I feel like I got the same effect as I would have if I'd watched the movie. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. So, um, also on Netflix, a uh, new series called Love, Death, and Robots. I don't know if you've heard of this. Heard of it. Never seen it. Um, I was recommended it, and it's an anthology series, so I think it's like like 15 or some 10 or 15 different, like, um, five to 25 minute shorts uh-huh. and it's all animation. Um, a lot of it's different kinds of animation, but it's super high quality and super, some of them are so lifelike that angels like, I'm not sure if, is this real or is this computer animation? Um, it's just the most advanced computer animation I've ever seen in my life. Um, and even the ones that aren't the ones that are more computer, uh, uh, cartoony computer animation, it's like mind blowing the detail. Um, so I, I would recommend it. There's some really good ones. Angel was crying at like the end of a couple of them. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's super well done, super modern and futuristic, kind of like Black Mirror animation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if, yeah, if it was like Black Mirror. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah. Super smart, super cool. I, I would highly oh, recommend it. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. I've been dancing around. I've been seeing it on the queue. The algorithms mm-hmm. hitting, hitting me up for it. And then I've been yeah, dancing. yeah. I'm in, dude. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, the, the animation is just mind-blowing. It's crazy. Um, there's some famous actors in it. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hi there. Some of them, um, there were a couple that I was like, eh, this one isn't really for me. Um, if I didn't like the animation style or something like that. But in general, I mean, there's so many to choose from, so it's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm excited. Looking forward, yeah. forward to it. Yes. I've been yeah. watching Hassan Minaj, his mm-hmm. show on Netflix. It's been good. What's that show called? Patriot Act. Yes, I've seen the the headline on there. It's very good. You should watch it. Yes. It's really good. And then I've been watching the Joel McHale show. It's hilarious. He's back. The Soup. It's pretty much The Soup. It's just called the Joel yeah. McHale show. It's so funny. Yeah? Yeah, he's funny. He's a good he's a good comedian. I was never too into The Soup, but it's real it's I think it's better than The Soup naturally, but it's good. It's the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, I am a, I'm more of a Hulu guy than I oh. am a Netflix guy. Okay. Uh, okay. Because uh, the way that I watch shows is What's the way that you high, watch shows. It's, it's like in high repetition with not always a hundred percent attention. Mm, so like, I, thank I, you, I, ma'am. yeah, yeah. So like I do Bob's burgers and I'll just, I'll just put it on mm-hmm. and like, I'll be watching it sometimes be listening and doing other things. And so I've watched every episode of Bob's Burgers probably like 20 times each. But like sometimes I'm paying attention to some parts, some parts I'm paying attention to other parts. So that's just how I, and I did that with, uh, with South Park for like three years. Mm. I did it with Rick and Morty for like two years. I yeah. love, uh, I'm a cartoon guy. But Hulu's my shit. No commercials. Hulu's nice. Um, so do you, have you ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Love that show. 
Um, no, but uh, Anthony started watching that, and he said that he loves that show. <clears throat> it is, uh, yeah, it's it's not my favorite show right now, but <clears throat> this one of the Ringer podcasts that I like, they talked about like if they made their must-see TV lineup, like a full night of comedy or a full night of TV, what would you make? But Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be my anchor for my nice. must-see TV. It's so funny, man, and to me it it's a good example of how you can be politically correct or woke and still be hilarious these days. Yeah. They are. It's like such a progressive, politically correct show. And it's the fucking funniest thing ever, dude. Um, I think is like... That oops, on, is that on uh, Hulu or Netflix? It's on Hulu. It's like five... It's on, we're in, they're in season five or six right now. So you have like hundreds of episodes to watch. And it's the funniest thing ever, dude. It's a cop show. It's a cool cop show, but it's like funny. Yeah. Uh, there's not, I don't, I've never, it's like, I guess super troopers would be the comparison, but they're yeah, not like hmm? super troopers is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But the second one sucked. Do you see the second one? I didn't just cause I, I already knew I saw it in theaters. Cause I, that was when I was living my best life with movie pass. <laughs> lightning don't strike twice, boy. Lightning don't strike twice. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. They took ten years, and it's like, man, after ten years is what you got, man. The same, same dumb jokes. But. Oh yeah. I mean, it was one idea. It's like a a band coming out with a great album, and then that's the only album they ever like is is really great because they had one idea, mm-hmm. and they did it, and like that was the big idea. And I mean, I love I love some of their other movies. I love Beer Fest. Yeah, me too. Yeah, of course. It was the greatest beer yeah. in the world. You know what I mean? Classic, amazing, genius. Like, Super Troopers and Beer Fest made by the same guys. Like, come on. What about Pina Colada Berg? Uh, uh, Dead or, Dread, Better, Better, uh, Dread, Club Dread. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just atrocious, I thought. Oh, I like that. No, uh, I mean, it, it was, was dumb, like, but whatever. Yeah, so bad it's good, like that kind of thing. But you're right. They're kind of a one. It's like it's like Nickelback. <laughs> the whole album is the same three chords. Yeah, exactly. And then there was um the Slam and Salmon. Did you ever see that? Of course I did, dude. I was a huge fan of those guys. I've seen yeah, them. yeah. So I mean, Maybe. that was that was underrated. I mean, that was a pretty good movie. Oh, you know? look at you coming around. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I only saw it once, but it was definitely different. It had some funny parts. Um, the guy, the one comedian who was sitting at the one girl's table the whole time, just reading the book. And at the <laughs> end, he's just like, you know what? I was just diagnosed with cancer and I just wanted to come here and read my book. He's like, here's a $500 tip or like whatever it was, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Just like funny, funny little things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, their hits were big hits. Speaking of funny little thing, um, I was watching a movie and I, one of my favorite little nuggets, one of the ways that the Marvel um, movie universe integrates things. I know you're not a big comic book movie guy, right? You said that. No, I never got into comic books as a kid. So it just never held a place in my life. Neither did I, but I'm, I love these movies, man. Cause I, I just like popcorn flicks where you can just watch jacked up CGI dudes punch each other. <laughs> but, um, the first Captain America takes place in World War II. And I told you before, I don't like how nobody smokes in that movie because World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, Smoking's cool, Captain America is from, from um, Brooklyn. And he teams up with this other dude who happens to be from Queens. He, like, finds some, some dudes, some all-American guys. and Joey Diaz. 
No, no, it's a, an Asian dude from Queens. Go on, you motherfuckers. No, he, he teams up with an Asian dude from Queens, the same Asian guy who's in um, Wolf of Wall Street. Hilarious dude. I forget his name. I'm but um, you mind if I eat that muffin? It's a blood sugar thing. He's so funny. Um, <laughs> but he was in Captain America based in the 1940s as a guy from Queens. And then um, 10 years later, later or 15 years yeah 10 years later the the spider-man movie comes out Mm -hmm. and that spider-man's based in queens and it's based in present day like 2018 and the principal of spider-man school is the same actor as and i was like wait a minute didn't he play an asian dude from queens like 60 years ago in captain america one and you then there's a there's a framed picture on this principal's desk and it's this, and it's like the same actor in a black and white photo, dressed up like he's in World War II garb. So they had this one actor play the his own grandson. Family. Yeah, that's weird. Movies, <laughs> and I totally called, and they didn't make a a reference to it at all. But I had been thinking about it the whole time, and I was like, "That's the Asian dude," and I'm like, "That's his dad's picture." I'm like, "He's playing his own grandson." I'm like, "That's hilarious." Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, very funny. So the other reason I like those Marvel movies, I'm a New Yorker. So it plays to my, I love movies about New York. So it's, it's planned all, all my, are my, they all in New York? No, but there's like a big New York delegation of the Avengers. Um, like Tony Stark, Iron Man is New York based. He's New York based. Okay. Uh, the entire X-Men are in, uh, the, the manch professor X's mansion, which is, um, Oh, the X, X-Men Academy is in Westchester, New York, where I grew up. Interesting. Um, yeah, Iron Man. I mean, um, Captain America's from Brooklyn and Spider-Man's from Queens. And I, there might be one more. The Hulk might be from New York. I don't know. Oh, Doctor Who's from New York. <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah, that was a cool movie. I like that movie. Yeah, he's from New York. So, yeah, yeah, that was a cool movie. I got to see yeah, it, it again. Cool. I wasn't really paying attention. I was high. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I often think about the different uh, places that I could have grown up and how different my experience would have been like in New York or like California on the West Coast mm. uh, or like in Texas or fucking Mexico, anywhere. Yeah, really. Life would or, be so much different. You'd be a different yeah, person, yeah. right? Totally. If I grew up in California, I'd be like, what's up, bro? <laughs> Can't wait to catch these sicky waves, bro. Right. That's what you'd be like. Yeah, well, Angel, uh, Angel grew up in California, in Ventura, California, and mm-hmm. she said that people would say like tubular, and like sick brown, like go like that. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she said when she came over to Pennsylvania, she said tubular to somebody in school, and they looked at her like she was fucking crazy. Yeah, it sounds lame. Tubular? What are you, a teenage yeah. mutant ninja turtle? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, that was in like 1998, but. Right, but I never said that. Like, it's something I maybe heard on TV once or twice. Right, on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Totally tubular. I don't know why that word came. I'm going to Google that. It's why I fucking love the internet. Yep. It's our cyborg brain. Totally tubular, (laughs) auto-filled. Of course. There's um, an urban dictionary. But yeah, that's um, that's so funny. Yeah, life's fucking different depending on where you grew up. And man, I'm at, like another country, forget about it. I mean, yeah, and like rich parents, poor parents. Uh, fuck yeah, dude. No it's, parents, one parent. 
Yeah, people are products of their environments, you know? Absolutely. That's why you got that's why we can condemn fucking bad behavior, but like you, when you look at it from a perspective of we're products of our environment, you you have more compassion or you feel for, for each other. Yeah. Like, and, yeah I could be you if I was born the, in a different the, the common person's life has only been stable for the last like hundred years. Before like eighteen ninety, people were living on a dollar a day on average. So yeah, I mean, before unions, yeah, dollar yeah. mm-hmm. a day. So I'm living on fucking probably thirty dollars a day. That's true. Yeah, like the people point to the industrial revolution as something that like was great for for society, and it's like it was great for rich people, just like every other movement in history, and like unions were good, <laughs> but. Yeah, you're right. It's been we've had a good hundred year run of like democracy and um, uh, kind of middle class, working class success. Yeah, really, since like 1945 when the war ended, until like until the crash in mm-hmm. like the the internet crash, and then the in 2008 mm-hmm. uh, when Lehman Brothers went down and all that stuff. Right. But uh. I feel like we're starting. We're we're just leveling out right now, and everybody, nobody knows how to handle it. We've just been steadily on the incline since World War II, and now we're just leveling out. Everyone's freaking out. Yeah, and because I think because our politics is complicated, there's there's 435 um, members of the House and so many more Cong- uh, legislators. Like, there's a mix of Democrats and Republicans in power at all times. So mm-hmm. when like there's been a decline, like regulation, things have been deregulated. Banking has been deregulated since the seventies and taxes have, have gone in certain directions since the seventies and like corporate taxes and loopholes. And it's because of one particular, particular political party more than the other, but because of like how complicated um, politics are, people just say like, eh, it's both sides fault. And also like, eh, things are still, going like the country's still moving so like nothing's really that bad i know how how bad were the the republicans in the 80s really and and i want to say like really bad but they don't people don't know so (laughs) yeah yeah i mean just watch wolf of wall street it's a pretty good recap (laughs) yeah I (laughs) i saw that with angel in the movie theater and when we left she said i didn't like that movie and i said why and she goes because if you were in that position, that's exactly what you would do. And I was like, "Are you what the Oh fuck? shit! Yeah, I was like, "Oh okay, Jesus Christ!" Hashtag me too. Look out! <laughs> yeah, holy, holy fuck! Shit. Fucking claws are out, lady. Yeah, you're like, you were thinking about me? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Like, how did you get me from Jordan Balfour? Like that is hilarious. You're both Jewish, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny, dude. That yeah, is that's literally funny. the first thing she said. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad was like, you have no idea how true all that is. He's like, holy Wow, God. that's crazy. <laughs> he was like, literally, there are some things in there where I'm like, how did you know we did that? <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I'm like, dad, you're disgusting, but that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but going back to my dad to take it full circle, my, I always, I told Eva, I want to record his stories and I think it'd make for a great movie. Cause he, he was a drug dealer, um, in his youth and yeah. went to the same club that Andy Warhol hung out at and, um, did all this like bunch of crazy, awesome shit, had crazy stories and then became a stockbroker. But, um, 
Eva said the way the movie should go is you should start with a conversation with your dad on the phone as an old man talking about the pharmacist or the, the Alexa. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. That's like yeah, that's who he is now is like some dude yelling Alexis. Meanwhile, he used to be, he would steal credit cards with his girlfriend and fly to Puerto Rico on a Friday because before the internet, he knew that the, the, the stolen credit card report wouldn't hit Puerto Rico until Monday. So him and his girlfriend would go down on a Friday, buy like jewelry and fur coats and shit. And because it's like a U.S. territory, they didn't need a passport. Like there was no, they could buy cash tickets. And so there was no paper trail, not leaving yeah. the country, but the, the stolen credit card report didn't show up until they left. And he said they did it like 10 or 11 times. Then the FBI started showing up at their door. And that's just like one of dozens of crazy stories. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The 80s. That was the 60s, my friend. Oh, shit. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Uh, I forget how how old our parents are. Yeah, really. They're fucking old, man. My dad's 71 or something like that. 72. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma is 92 or 93. That's absurd. son. That's three times as old as me. Three times the life that I've lived. Like, come on. Is that real? You'll be really lucky to make it that long. Holy shit. Like, is that... Just the majority of my life is going to be over the age of 30. That fucking bugs me out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 32, and the majority of my life is is still ahead of me, you know? That's reassuring. I somehow... In my mind, I think my life might be over at 60. Like, I'm planning on dying at 60. I'm not planning on dying at like 60, 64. But I'm like, I'm living my life as if I'm going to die in my 60s. Yeah. And it's depressing, really. I shouldn't live like that. I should be more carefree. But I'm neurotic, so fuck you, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, just think about all the medical advancements that are going to take place over the next 30 years. It's going to be insane. Like you were saying, yeah, if you live long enough, you could live forever because it's that that futurist guy talks about how the life expectancy is going up one year every year that you live. Um, but it's it, it, I don't know if that's because babies are living longer, like less infant mortality is dragging the number up, but who knows? Let's yeah. just live as long as possible, shall we? Yeah, I mean, if they figure out how to how to restart the neurogenesis of your neurons in your brain when you're 70 and all of a sudden your brain starts, you know, they inject stem cells in your brain and it starts making all these brand new neurons and everything's working super fast. And they, they put in blood in you from like a fucking 17 year old and you're fucking, you know what I mean? Blood in you. Yeah. 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 I hear you, brother. Hear you, yeah. Brother. That'd be great. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm here for it, man. I'm, I'm loving this idea. I would love it. Sounds good. Um, well, do you think that our, our bodies are just, trapping our souls here and that we have to die so that our our consciousness can go back to the other realm to the other dimension interdimensional space in the multiverse no <laughs> I th- no fair enough no i think i i like pan pan psychism have you heard of this uh can you elaborate um so pan psychism is the doctrine or belief that everything material, however small, 
has an element of individual consciousness. Mm. And there's a couple of different kinds of panpsychism. Um, but like the, the one smallest possible unit is consciousness. Um, yes. I'm trying to find, yeah. Um, there's different kinds and there's one that's, that's pretty, that I think is accurate that talks about like we're organized in a different way, um, than rocks. So that's why like just the amount of consciousness you have does not equal the level of sophistication of your consciousness. That's Mm -hmm. why boulders are heavier than us and have more matter, but that doesn't mean that their consciousness is more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that everything is conscious and, um, when we die, we just go back to that, like whatever that is. I mean, as a Buddhist, you kind of say that things are um, indescribable and you just say that like, there is no spiritual, there is no physical, there is only dumb Buddhist thing. Buddhists are cop-outs. We don't like committing. So Yeah, yeah, no, I get, I get it. I get it. Um, what are your feelings about DMT being a chemical gateway to to a, another dimension where our consciousness is from. Fuck yeah, bro. I love DMT. And um, I don't know. I don't know what, I, don't, I guess I'm agnostic on the, on the other dimension versus this dimension. Like, is it all one dimension? Right. Like, I don't know. But um, have you encountered uh, uh, other consciousness when you've done DMT? Um. No, I've had like hallucinations. Like I've had like hawks and and ravens um, looking at me and like coming to me. Um, And I've like communicated with like the spirit world, Mm -hmm. but I don't think of those as like separate entities. Like, I don't know. It would be like your right hand looking at your left hand and being like, that's a totally different thing. Um, than me like it's kind of the same like when when i don't know yeah if if another entity is contacting me i'm just like you're just you're just the the left hand to my right hand yeah and you look foreign and you feel foreign but we're really part of the same continuum and there there's a, a shared origin and a shared like drive that dictates both of our gene code or whatever physical makeup so yeah I've taken oh, enough LSD it, where it's all. Would you say that you encountered that other hand that you're not in control of? Like that you saw that there? Um, I've encountered, well, that's it. I haven't sensed it. I haven't sensed it with my five senses. Um, I think my brain, like my, my consciousness is not into that kind of stuff. Um, my chi does not operate like that. Like I'd rather not see a ghost if you will <laughs> right right i understand yeah you, you kind of tune yourself out on purpose yeah i don't think i'm on that frequency um but when i when i do a little acid in the woods or when i meditate and i stop i let my fear down that's when all the animals come out all the marmots and all the rabbits and and the bears and stuff um so like that's another i like that's to me just like seeing a ghost or, or some other God entity, you know? Yeah. Affecting the reality around you with your own mind. Um, yeah. Or just like dissolving 
the fake barrier I put up that says my mind and the bear are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm due for a trip sometime soon. Ooh, me too. It's been a couple of years. I'm going to go out into the mountains where I'm all alone and I could die easily. And <laughs> <do some laughs> yeah, dude, I would love to come out and do that with you. It's amazing. My friend said I treat it like a sport, which I took as a compliment. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a, man- a maniac with my thoughts, but it's beautifully cleansing. Yeah, when you're out in the mountains and you, you do a little doseroo. Yeah. A little dosy dough. Yeah. Hey, before I let you go, because I'm I'm getting tired because I'm a I'm an old man who goes to sleep early, but before I let you go, I, I want to start a new segment on the show called New Business Ideas. Oh yes, I think we we've discussed this yeah. in, in short. Yeah. And one of the new business yeah. idea one of the new ideas is we need to come up with a better name, but for now it's okay. got a new business idea. Yeah. So Yeah. Do you have any uh, new business ideas? I got, um, I got one or so, two. So would you, would you accept inventions, like new invention ideas? Please, yes. Okay. Are you ready for one? Please. So, yeah. You ever had a hot coffee and you put it down to the side, maybe 10 minutes goes by, you go to take a sip, it's just not as hot as you want it. Right. I don't want to microwave it. I don't want to put it, you know, on the stove. It already has the stuff in it and the stuff and the sweetener and whatever. <laughs> so I don't want to do that. So, simple idea, just like uh, some kind of metal contraption that you heat up and then you put into the coffee and it's so hot that you stir it around and it, it just kind of starts to boil the coffee a little bit. Uh-huh. You've reheated your coffee. And that's the idea. Yeah. I just feel like it wouldn't be too complicated. Just a heating element, just like mm-hmm. a toaster, something like that. And then it's got like a handle on it, like a screwdriver. And it just has enough width and mass to it that it would be able to heat up a 20-ounce cup of coffee. Just Interesting. stir it up, bubble it up, and your coffee's hot again. Ba-boom-ba-bang. Right. <laughs> Ba-boom-ba-bang. Wow. Yeah. Great, great. I didn't yeah. know I could have it. Ba-boom-ba-bang. Ba-boom-ba-bang. I mean, feel, feel free to uh, throw some devil's advocate at it to try to, to try to break <laughs> this idea down, see if we can strengthen it. I don't know. Well, you got to have a warning. Like somebody, people are going to put it up their ass. <laughs> well, I mean, there's already curling irons, you know, oh. same, oh. same oh. deal. It would basically be a curling iron that you can submerge into a liquid without getting electrocuted. Okay. Great idea. If that gives you a more uh, realistic look at it. Great idea, sir. And this could be handheld on the go, maybe at your kid's soccer game. Exactly. You could just pour a cup of cold water. You know what I mean? Throw some something in it, heat it up yourself do Holy whatever shit hot tea wherever you want yeah i mean you'd have to plug it in but plug it in plug it in yeah why plug it in why can't the the like the little battery the little lithium battery like for our vapes um i don't know if it would get hot enough to be able to heat up that big of an area i know that um like my coffee maker i can't plug it into my car um because it'll blow the fuse it's 900 watts oh my god yeah, anything with a heating element. Uh, say what? Yeah, say what? Okay, ready for a second second idea? What? 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 So what, have, what? 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 Nine hundred watts. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So people have multiple pets, whether they're cats or dogs. Regardless, uh, most of these animals are different colored than each other, different facial structures. Racist. So, okay. okay, yes, a little animal racist. So. Instead of having like a doggy door 
a normal doggy door, you have a doggy door with a sensor on it that can either sense the facial shape of each individual pet or just the color. If you have like a black cat, a white cat, like a yellow cat, mm-hmm. just like search for the cat color and you can program it to allow certain pets into certain rooms. Um, so if you're trying to introduce two different pets to each other, something like that. Facial recognition this is a, a big technology coming in. I don't know. I'm having that problem with having that problem with two of my cats right now. I'm trying to get them away from each other, but the kitten keeps jumping on the one cat and the cat's hissing at the other cat and they're jumping and the hissing and you know. So <laughs> jumping and the hissing. <laughs> jumping and the hissing. So that would be a product that would uh, alleviate these symptoms, but it's uh I don't have an R and D department. I don't have marketing. I don't have uh funders or angel whoa, 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 whoa. your elevator pitch was going great until you told me about your lack of r&d to <laughs> that uh, pretty much everything you'd ever need i don't have any pants on right now <laughs> i have no dignity uh what else don't i have jesus yep so uh those are my two business ideas i like it yeah unrelated i like it i'll give you 75 dollars for 75 percent of the company deal hey <laughs> you heard it here first very nice. I do love Shark Tank. Very nice. Well, those are good business ideas, sir. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Successful. I guess I can throw out a couple before we get out of here for this pod. Let's do it. So one, I don't know if I told you about this, but um, I went to a, a museum event at Denver Art Museum where these local comedians um, – walked through these art exhibits and then they recorded themselves explaining what the art exhibits were. Yes. We talked about this last time, I think. Okay, good. So yeah, there's, there's one love that museum narrators that should be in every museum around the world. Um, Here's another, this is not a business idea really. It's more of a public development idea and like something that, like I said, city council, Um, the gym I go to is not, a private gym it's owned by the city of denver and the city of denver owns like 10 or 20 of these around around town what are they called they're they're it's called denver rec center okay and they're they're all named different things the 20th street gym is a hundred year old boxing gym with a sweet boxing rink a full court basketball and an olympic swimming pool um i go to the new one which is giant so big three levels brand new everything um, and it's sweet. It's open seven days a week and it has a pool and, and two full court basketball. Anyway, it's got, it's got yoga and, and Pilate, all kinds of uh, spin classes and pr- personal training. It's owned by the city. It's a public nonprofit thing. And this is my new thing. This is the business idea that cities should, should push out private gyms and cities should restrict how many private gyms they have. Um, just like healthcare, you shouldn't have a private option. You should be able to have your own private gym, but it's the cities that have enough money like Denver, like build your own gym, make fuckloads of revenue. So like I'm giving the city my money. I could feel good about where my money goes. It's like employee ownership. I'm owning a piece of this gym and um, people are getting a living wage. There's no like billionaire CEO, like whoever owns Planet Fitness or whatever, or Equinox. So like, it's pretty dope, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. The whole employee ownership is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not going to weed out all the unmotivated people, but it will definitely add to the pool of motivated people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and individuals shouldn't be expected to, to change the world. Like that's the reason we have government is 
because we figured out when people get together, um, make decisions institutionally, like we can make that, like forcing the individual to make the ethical choice all the time or to, to think that much to like, it's hard to do. It's, it's easier if you set up regulations and you set up society in a way where, where people can just act. So yeah, absolutely. Public gyms. So Anyway, man, I, I think that was a, a great little pod for this episode and we'll, we'll do it again soon. I presume. Can we, can we end on one song? Can I have you look up one song for us to end on? Give me an outro. Give me an outro. So, so quick story. I don't know if you saw, I tagged you on Facebook today. Um, oh. The bass player for the band consider the source, uh-huh. uh, which is one of my favorite, like prog bands um, is in, was in Denver today and he was looking for a ride to Boulder. Oh, um, funny. So I tagged you in it and I said, AJ, one of the best bass players in the world, was looking for a ride. Um, so we actually <laughs> opened for, we opened for his duo, um, the John Ferreira Seth Mutal duo, um, maybe a month or two ago. Um, but look up the song Jackie Chan, um, and it's by the John Ferreira and Seth Mutal duo. But you can just type in Jackie Chan John <laughs> Ferrara. Okay. R R A R A, Ferrara. Uh huh. Yeah, I got it. And there should be a studio version on there. So this will be our outro. Love this uh, bass riff. Well, it's starting off here with a sweet little little ditty. Is it, what do you call this? Is he noodling? What is he doing? Uh, he's it's just happy. a little... Heedly, 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 heedly. Got a couple drums going. Jackie Chan by John Farrar and Seth... Utah. Dope. Well, check out Time Relapse. Check out Jackie Chan by John Frere and Seth Utah. That was a good, good, unnecessary pod. Thank you again, Lee. Oh, yeah. Always and forever. All right. All right, <laughs> all right man. I'll talk. We'll, we'll get on the pod again soon. All right. We'll let, let Ferrer and Utah take us out. <laughs>